Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Oversharing Wearing, my honest account of living with anxiety. I'm going to dive straight in today and chat to you about therapy and the therapy I'm, that I'm going through at the moment and the benefits of talking. When I've had guests on before, the advice, the advice I've had from all of them invariably has been let's keep talking and I and it's so true because often and I I have discussed this before I know we are so programmed in society to be stoic to not really reveal our feelings that is changing and it's changing more now but there's still such a long way to go I think I've mentioned before that I started therapy at the beginning of this year. The thing with therapy is it's quite hard to find the right fit with someone. The last thing you want to do is walk into a room and kind of spill, you know, your heart out. And and then someone's like, hmm, and how does that make you feel? (laughs) You just kind of need, to a certain extent, a connection with someone. I haven't had therapy for years, partly because I didn't have the time because I was working and looking after my children, but also I've been in denial about some of the trauma I've experienced, to be honest, in a bid to kind of feel better and normal. I've tried really hard to not think about what I've been through as a way of coping. The truth is, though, that with issues and painful memories... They don't stay buried for long. They find a way to come to to the surface. In my experience, it's not really possible to pretend that I haven't been physically and mentally abused. And in a way, it's a part of me. And no matter what I do, it has shaped me as a person and as a parent. Last year, when I put my name down to have counselling, I'd been working full time in a job which I absolutely hated. There was no support network there. And it got to the stage where I'd be hyperventilating at my desk. I'd have pens and needles in my hands and I'd get like blurred vision and the screen would like be moving and I'd just be on so on edge. The truth is that my boss wasn't particularly nice to me and I started to kind of have panic attacks and they they were getting worse and worse. And being bullied in the workplace is incredibly stressful because there's no way to get away from it. I ended up having a really bad panic attack, the worst one I'd had in years, and it was so violent in my head and, and intrusive that I just thought, this is, this is a sign, you know, I'm not coping, I, this isn't doing me any good. And obviously, I had to consider all the options. So I went to HR, and they basically did nothing about it. And when they spoke to her, she was tired. And um, which I understand, but I think there's a difference between being tired and 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 actually being outright horrible to people so it I didn't really wash if I'm honest so I resigned and I was getting increasingly anxious 
So I thought, right, this is the time to go back to therapy. Then the pandemic hit and everything was on hold, as we all know. And 11 months later, I started therapy. (laughs) Hilariously, though, the issues I had then, like a year ago, I don't really, I've kind of resolved them. So, but hey, I've got more issues than Vogue at the moment. So I was like, okay, I'm definitely still need to speak to somebody. And I think it's important to know that quite often we'll try and talk ourselves out of having therapy. If we have a dip, we'll say, right, I will do it. And then that will kind of momentarily lift us and think, okay, great, I've got a plan. And then it will slide because it's so difficult to face your problems. It's, It's really difficult to kind of say, this is me and I'm, you know, not coping or I'm finding things really, really difficult. And I think for years, I had been silently quite angry with myself for not being resilient about the the abuse I endured. That is what is kind of coming out in the therapy. I didn't want to own it. I think in part, that's because I didn't see my dad show any remorse for his behaviour which I think, to be honest, from what I've researched, is often the case in abusive situations. You kind of take on all the kind of pain and the shame, of, and, but they seem to, it doesn't seem to affect them. And I, I know even now that he feels no accountability. And I think that it's kind of made me feel so worthless. I think that's the word, is worthless, because I wasn't allowed to react. And what I'm trying to do is to learn to accept myself. I get anxious. I wish I didn't. But what I want to do is find better ways to cope. Because I've always used avoidance to deal with feeling anxious. And, and, And at the time, I thought I was protecting myself. But actually... You end up, and I know I've spoken about this before, where your world shrinks because you're so frightened of being triggered by things. And what also has come out in therapy is the fact that I've always, always put my mum on a pedestal from a very young age. I I didn't... My dad's behaviour was so bad and he was quite often absent. If we got ill, he would move out he'd go and stay in a hotel in case he got ill. So even when we needed him on a basic level, when a parent should be looking after their children, he he would move out. And so in my eyes, I kind of had this mum who did care and could be loving. So I kind of, all my love was just for her. There was none for for him, but for for my mum, it was all there. And what's been very, very painful in this therapy is realising that as wonderful as she is, I'm incredibly conflicted about her because she, she didn't stand up for me. She didn't say to him, stop it. And I know she was scared, but it just doesn't sit well with me. And I find it really hard as a mother myself. And what I'm wanting to do 
is to not pass any of that trauma on to my children. I've talked to them about it, the the older two more, about my dad and they understand but I also didn't kind of want to sully their relationship with him I I was kind of keen to to move away from that because I knew he was you know wanted to be invested in being a grandparent and I it isn't for me to kind of be like well you know throwing out all these different things he's he's said and done but the thing with my mum is that she could be very cold and indifferent. And in a way, it, I think his behaviour was so bad that I think a part of her sort of gave up wanting to be a good mum as well. She was on some levels, but there was a hardness there. And she would say to me, you know, if you push me too far, I, you know, I'll just, I'll just disown you. You won't, you won't be a part of my life. So I would never had that kind of stability from either of them thinking I feel safe, I feel loved, which is what I'm realising now is that that the child that I was didn't, wasn't nurtured, wasn't looked after. And that is incredibly painful. My um, therapist said to me on Monday, do you like yourself? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Do I? Mm. And I... She she was really, like, intent on getting a kind of response. And, you know, my automatic thing was to say yes. But actually, I've kind of realised that I'm angry with myself... I'm really angry that I just let, didn't, I had no power to kind of stand up for myself because even when I was 16, I didn't tell anybody and I, I don't know why. And I'm, I'm angry that I've made some really terrible life choices, like getting married for the first time. And I know I have my son and I'm forever grateful for that. But it's very hard to have had that kind of abusive relationship that I chose. I I chose to be with that person. And obviously I didn't know that my ex-husband was like that until, to be honest, I was pregnant. And and then it was too late. And, And I'm just, I'm disappointed that I've kind of... It's so difficult to kind of articulate it, but I'm cross that I've, I'm anxious. I, I wish I was stronger, you know, and I see all these kind of quotes about, you know, you've made it through today and you're amazing and you're so loved. And I'm like, well, I wasn't so loved. Am I? And then you question, are you, are you ultimately unlovable? You know, is it my fault that he behaved like that? Was there something in me that was inherently bad? And I, I know the answer's no. Obviously I do. But in the, you know, in the early hours of the morning when your mind's racing and you're going over stuff, especially when you're having therapy, you're like, oh God, you know, I suppose I'm trying to make sense of it because now my children, two of my children are young adults. And I just, 
it's different parenting from when they're little. They're completely dependent on you and, you know, they have bedtimes and, you know, there's a lot of physical contact and it's amazing. And, and now they kind of need a therapist to a certain extent themselves. And if I work on myself to be better, then I can be a better mum. And I think that's ultimately what I want. But I also am doing it for me because I can't change what happened then, but I can change now how I see it. I don't think I'll ever get like a full resolution with with my dad. You, there's not going to be a point when he's going to turn around and apologise or want to talk about this. And, and in the same, my mum is now keeps saying, you know, I wish I'd protected you. And my automatic response, I think I've mentioned this before, was to say, you know, it's fine. But really, it's not. It's not. That's the basic thing of it. And, you know, I've, I've kind of laid myself open, I think. There's a vulnerability there with me being quite needy and wanting to... I've affirmation from outside myself you know validation from other people and actually when my therapist said to me do you like yourself it was so hard to answer and I've been thinking about it ever since because I don't want to not like myself but so many things that bad experiences have happened you kind of question did I deserve that Obviously, someone you listening to this will say no. And I do, I'm getting there with knowing I, I didn't, but I'm not fully there. So I'm hoping to ask myself this question again when things are more normal and I can start to unpick things at a kind of healthy Rate. Because at the moment, I think the last thing we need is to be too hard on ourselves and to analyse things too much because we are still in this bloody pandemic, which is not getting easier very quickly. So I'm aware of that and I'm aware of not putting myself under too much trauma but I, and putting myself under a, the microscope. But it is good to to go through this stuff and it is so important to talk and actually after each therapy session I feel a kind of relief the other thing that she said interestingly was that I've been kind of on autopilot I've told her some terrible harrowing traumatic stuff with no emotion and she's just now saying you need to connect to that emotion you need to sit with it and then you need to let it go Easier said than bloody done, I will tell you that right now. But that is the goal. And that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. And actually, yes, taking it one day at a time is good. And I felt incredibly down the last couple of days. And I I can't explain why. But instead of beating myself up and thinking, you should be okay, I'm like, right, okay just sit with it. I don't know if that sounds corny, but or something written you'd be written on a you know magnet, but I'm just saying we're going to feel bad at points no matter who we are. And for a lot more people who previously have not had anxiety, they they will be struggling a lot more because of this. So it we need to normalize mental health. 
Lots of love to you guys. Thank you so much for listening and speak to you next time. Yeah.